This is Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Intuitive Oracle Jamie Hearn. Jamie stirs the cauldron with witches, shamans, healers, psychics, and mediums who bravely share their power and give you insight into what conversations with dead people really look like. It's probably not what you think. Sometimes hilarious, sometimes macabre, and always informative. Hello and welcome back to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People. I'm Jamie Hearn, and today I'm so excited to spend some time chatting with Sarah Tricker. Sarah, the founder of Sarah Tricker Alchemy, is a healer. She has created rituals to empower women who are struggling to find their authenticity and life purpose. Sarah is a nonconformist who forges her clients ahead to think bigger. Every moment is a miracle, which is within every woman's reach as they embrace their feminine power. I love that. As a fifth generation medium, Sarah has spent a lifetime working with spirit. Moving from the public system as a teacher, Sarah has now created her own academy. Her passion is to teach women to connect with their inner wisdom. Sarah is a mother of two, a wife, and a nana. She's an English soul that has found her place in a rural town in southern Alberta, Canada. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you for having me. And it's really weird having that like read out because like it made me have goosebumps, goosebumps as you were reading. I was like, oh wow, that's that's something. <laughs> right, like oh, that, I did oh, that. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm pretty excited to be here today. Awesome. So in the few minutes that we chatted before we started recording, I know that the card that I pulled today is so accurate. It is the vibration card from Cheryl Lee Harnish's uh, Path of the Soul deck. And it says, your pure energy, whatever you think, feel, say, and do has an effect on the entire planet. And you do make a difference in this world. Use your energy wisely. You are asked to be mindful of what you're putting out there. I mean, I feel that you are totally just a ball of pure energy potent energy that's awesome <laughs> I always say that to my clients as well and uh I'm a high priestess in a, and I created a coven a few years ago and we always say that what are you putting into the collective conscious is it love and light or is it fear you know so I work super hard on that sending love and light out love and light you know and it's not because it kind of feels cliche doesn't it oh, love and light love and light <laughs> You know, when you've worked through your stuff and you see, you know, you meet people while, you know, clients come in or you meet people, especially people that are in a, in a place where sometimes you just look at people and you're like, man, I just send so much love to you. <laughs> you've really got so much healing you need to do. Right. You know, so it is. It's love and light, man. Love and light. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the energy of the entire world has been so easy to succumb and like slide into that fear based. So, I mean, it's a message definitely worth repeating. 
I was actually I'm so thankful that I left my teaching career when I did. So I was a social studies teacher. So obviously, as a social studies teacher, I had to be up to date with like the current events. And then watching what my friends were going through in their careers through the last couple of years, I was like, man, I'm so I'm like, thank you, universe for kicking my butt and putting me on the path where I needed to be. Because I just don't know you know like i don't know if you experienced this but i went through like these ebbs and flows through that last couple of years and it's like you you kind of tap in for a while then you go on this like rabbit hole and it's like whoa i need to get out of this and it's like you know thankfully i you don't have to follow the news and current events right right so that's really a, a testament to your ability to follow your own guidance because you're that was a great choice for you, but it's also a great choice for all the people that you're helping on this path. Right. And some people have looked at me, it's like, yeah, well, but you're living in a bubble. And, and I just, I don't believe that personally. I always say to people, you know, especially like through the, the last few years, I had clients come into me and they're, and they're just so distraught. And I, and I asked them this question and for, for your audience too, it might be a good way to look at it. You know, if we think of somebody like, um, and then my mind goes blank, um, Nelson Mandela. We'll, we'll use Nelson Mandela, right? So he's poignant in that he's come into this world to make significant changes in his community in the world. And then I say to people, like, is that your purpose? Are you going to be like Nelson Mandela? Are you here to change the world? And a lot of people, let's be honest, we're not. Like, I don't want to fight the government. I'm, I'll be quite honest with you. I'm not interested in changing that aspect of my life. So if you're not here to make those changes, then the the real crux of it is like you're making a parallel universe, uh, a parallel structure within the structure. So even though I personally can't change the big structures in the world, I can definitely create a structure within that structure. And that's really what my work is, right? Creating the structure within the structure. Right. And you're affecting change on that level that ripples out and creates a much bigger change. A hundred percent. And I even think that when I when I went into teaching, obviously, I was like, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to like, you know, these young minds and it's going to be so awesome. And then I get into the system. Well, everybody knows what the education system's like. Doesn't matter what country you're in. It's pretty much the same. And it really kind of broke my soul in the four years I was a teacher. So when I started working with like women, it didn't take me long to see that those women coming in doing their healing work, the ripple effect was then going to their families, to their children. Yeah. And it, you know, and it was, it was pretty awesome. I like that. I like the validation pretty quick. You know, <laughs> I don't want to wait 20 years to be told I made a difference. Well, <laughs> I totally agree with that. And I don't know what age group you worked with, but it's hard to work with kids. Yeah, I was high school. Um, I, you'll laugh. I have, a, I have a phobia of vomit. So I didn't choose elementary school because I didn't want to be confronted with that issue. So I actually worked with high school kids. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was my worst nightmare. <laughs> So yeah, no, but I, I actually enjoyed working with the high school kids. I think you can negotiate. I mean, there's there's aspects, right? Elementary, obviously, they love their teachers. They'll do what you want. 
but social studies was just such a fun topic to actually teach people because you can really bend the rules and you know and i'm out of the box thinker and uh you can and you can take these kids on like these journeys so it it was awesome i enjoyed it well and i'm sure that there were some that you had an instant connection with and you know that you made a huge impact in their lives so i'm certain that it was worth your 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 energetic ex expense of spending that time and doing those things so thanks a hundred percent and i think as well that that you know trust that i was in the right place at the right time and i was there for those students at that time in their life so it was all as it was meant to be right <laughs> absolutely so let's shift gears a little bit i want to hear your your story of origin so you're a fifth generation medium tell me more so yep, uh, mediumship runs in my family. So we we really think it probably goes back way further, you know, back to the cunning folk. But obviously, we know the history of the spread of Christianity. So the sort of 13th, 14th century Christians and the cunning folk, they all work together. And then the 1500s, obviously, it all shifts and changes. So my mom, was actually formally trained in England. So before she moved out to Canada in 2005. So in the 90s, she went through formal training in England. And I, yeah, she used to do the whole stage, stage thing and, and read for people, oh. which is interesting because that would have been around my mid teens. I didn't even know my mum was doing it. That's how disconnected <laughs> I was because <laughs> oh. I was doing teenage stuff, right? <laughs> And um, and then my nat, well, my grandmother and my great great grandmother were, but I don't think it was very much talked about outside the home. And my uncle, or my great uncle, it would have been, he was a trans medium, so he uh, let spirit mm. use his body. So it's, it's super interesting. Uh, so the gift, as I say, my kids definitely have it, you know, but they're not really yeah. into it. They're, you know, they're just, uh, you know, maybe try and fix people <laughs> because they can see everything. Yeah. And um, it was interesting, my daughter especially, her journey through school was super hard because she'd walk into a classroom and she'd just feel everything from everyone. So yeah. it was, it was um, lucky that I knew what it was and, you know, I could give her tools to help her, but she actually ended up, both my kids ended up doing school through online. Uh, through like the oh. outreach program so which is one of the interesting things when I went into the school system was like that that's a change that needs to happen like you know these kids that are gifted and they don't know their their parents don't know what's going on they don't know and I'm I'm convinced the, like the you know a lot of children that struggle in in like the classroom setting is probably because they're gifted and they don't know yeah, they do know. They either have fear around it or have no idea what to do with it. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the kind of, you know, when women come to me, they're in transition. I always say, like, this spiritual awakening 
is most often a horrific experience for people. And if you've got no one in your life to support you through that, you know, it reminds me of that meme that you see, right? With like what people think spiritual awakening is like. And it's like this person in a yoga pose in the sunset. And then it's like what it's actually like is freaking awful because you're breaking down every right. single system in your life all at once. I that's my to totally favorite because it is accurate a hundred percent it really is and it's like uh you know we don't realize how how painful breaking those systems down are but once you see you can never unsee it you can't go back to the way it is that's sometimes the the beauty of ignorance in your life is like <laughs> at least you can move forward and sometimes when you get insight or you, you're activated and you're leveled up. You're like, well, I can't go back. Now everybody else in my life is um, at that place. And what, where am I? What am I doing? Right. I mean, like, I mean, I'm pretty far down this, this path too. But there are days that I'm like, oh, shit. It would all be so much easier if I just forgot all of this. <laughs> right. But we keep going anyway. Benefit to it as well, you know, and that's been it, it was 2019 that I, I set up my carbon. And really honestly, up until that point, I had been like, yeah, you know, I'll do the moon this time. I'll do the Sabbath this time. Yeah, can't be bothered that time. <laughs> Obviously when I had the carbon and it's like you bring I brought that routine into my life. And I was like, within the first year, like the second year, I was like, holy shit, that makes a big difference. Like a real big cool. difference. If you actually follow like the lunar cycle and the Sabbaths. And I remember like I hated winter. Like I was like, oh, winter's cold. It's horrible. I mean, we get like 10 months of winter here in Canada, right? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then when I was like, you know, really following the cycles, I was like, oh, actually winter's really exciting because this is the time to go within. And then it's like that planning, like planning the year. And it's like when, you know, it's like, oh, spring, this is exciting. We're getting stuff going again. And it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a super interesting journey. <laughs> so how did you get into the idea of creating a coven? That's pretty fascinating. Well, I think to be honest, it was like spirit. <laughs> They're like, you've got to do this. You've got to do this. So 2019 was like this year where my business exploded. So I had left teaching in 2016. My business had been open for a year. And then I opened a store with my mom. And uh, my mom left because she was retired. And it was just, you know, it wasn't what she thought it was going to be, right? And so 28, so 2017, I did my mediumship training through my mom. I did my Reiki masters and then I did my life coaching certification. So 2018 was all about like coaching. And then by the end of 2018, I'm like, oh, you know, I've got to create these signature programs. And so 2019, I whacked out like four signature programs. It was just the most insane thing. I moved stores twice and outgrew. So I was in this tiny, like 300 square foot little store as our first one. And there was like the store stuff around the edge and my students with it on a tiny table in the middle. It was, <laughs> it was funny, but ridiculous. And then yeah, on top of that, uh, so this was, I created three programs. And then I kept getting this like, yeah, you've got to, you've got to do a program to guide people through the craft, like teach them. 
the basics and i'm like oh no like southern alberta is very uh it's, it's high religious like it's very religious yeah. around still i was like oh no i can't people knew people knew i just mm. never said it right and uh so anyway i'm like oh no and i you know like i if, if you're connected to spirit you know what it's like right it's like they'll keep badgering you until you do it yeah. right and then i did it and i remember writing that first facebook post of like launching my uh my witch seekers passage and then i waited you know is expecting the onslaught you know you all the people coming with <laughs> the pink <laughs> get me and there was like nothing like i had no negative uh feedback at all and i had like 19 women sign up to that course when it started cool so it was like i was just like blown away so yeah really the coven started because because i was prompted but i had all of those um imposter you know imposter feelings of like yeah. why well, i haven't been formally trained anywhere who am I to do this? What if people say that I shouldn't be doing it? But it was, uh, it was all awesome. It was all awesome. So my coven, it's, it's, it was interesting because we had 19 people start up and then it was super interesting. So obviously the first sort of seven, eight months, it's really just your basics. You know, we're doing the shadow work. We're doing like candle magic moon. You know, we're doing all, all the sort of foundational stuff. And then there was a point where it shifted into like, okay, so now we're getting serious. Now we're going to do a little bit more of the deeper work. And it was just uncanny how just bunches of people would drop off. And I was like, yeah. huh, interesting. And then the second year, I only had three people join because obviously that was through the you know what. And um, same thing happened just before that 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 fix somebody dropped out and i was like oh this is interesting so my coven went from like 19 and then there was like the original five with me then it grew to seven and then three more dropped out and then two more came in so it's super awesome because in my mind when i created this it was like soul sisters like we're going to be yeah. like so intricately connected and that was really the original five and uh honestly it just it was too much like there were it got it got, it didn't end well three of the oh. ladies left in not a very nice way and it was all to do with mother wound because my yeah. mom joined the pub in the second year you see and um. me and my mom obviously we had a store together we did our work <laughs> because that brought up some triggers where everyone's like are you sure you want to work with your mom like really <laughs> but it was all it was painful but it was it was awesome like we did our work and the and the three women that left at the beginning of this year actually yeah they all suffered like the mother wound and my it was my mom that pointed it out you know well I mean we all have some varying degree of mother wound that we're working through and there are way many more layers that are just waiting there for the right time to pop up but it's interesting how you and your mom brought that out for them and yeah. i mean although it wasn't comfortable it was necessary so the right and thing that, happened it, and exactly and it was painful at the time because obviously that dream was shattered you know how we do that hey we create this story in our mind of what things should look like so when when it kind of fell apart and that was 
that January, January this year. So when it kind of fell apart, was it this year? I don't even know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I've got this calculary like messes with my head when I start thinking of numbers. Anyway, and uh, but it is. It's like you know, obviously the dream that we had created the original five. And when that kind of came apart, it was, I was like, I shut the coven down for three months. And I said to the members that were left, like, let's just take a sabbatical, let everybody just heal and we'll come back and reconvene. And, but it is, it's exactly the way it was supposed to be. Those members came for a reason because we did a lot of womb healing through that first year. Mm. Um, A lot of the mother wound stuff. And it's like when my mom came in, as you say, like, it's like, you know, they did the work they they could to the point they could. And I guided them to that point. And after that, it was like, well, that was as far as they were going with me, they needed to either find someone else or that was, that was as far as their journey was going to go, right? Right. It's pretty. So is, you, is your mom still actively practicing? Yeah. So I actually got yeah. her into it. That's, it's quite funny because uh, when I was a child, I was obviously baptized and confirmed as Church of England. And when I used to, I remember even being a very young, young child sitting in the churches and like, you know, in England, the churches are beautiful. So I used to yeah. love the buildings, like the architecture. Like I'm like, I love old buildings. Like you sucked me in if you've got an old building anyway. <laughs> But I remember even at that age, before I even knew anything about the craft, about the old ways, I used to sit there thinking like, yeah, this doesn't, what they're saying doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. It, wasn't, it was never gelling with me. And I used to laugh because it became a standing joke. Obviously, after I was confirmed, I was about 13. And I said, well, I'm, that's the end of my journey. I'm choosing not to participate in this religion anymore and uh but we laughed because it's me and my mum my and her churches we used to laugh it was like a standing joke so when she you know i started the witch seekers and she started to learn and she's like hmm, i think i've always been a witch too <laughs> <laughs> you know so it was it's pretty funny and they always say that don't they about the witchcraft it's like you know you're always a witch it's just when you're ready right exactly oh. i love that um, it's really interesting because I'm I was also baptized and my mother-in-law is a Lutheran minister. Mm-hmm. So we have an ongoing conversation about spirituality versus religion in our yeah. house. And sometimes it can get a little bit heated, but I think the 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 agreement that we've all come to is do what you feel is compatible with you and make choices based on just being a good person not what somebody else tells you you should be doing and i like the fact that you can have those open conversations because that's where we learn right and it's and i noticed like uh earlier in the year i was part of a um an event this lady had set up um i had met her through the first book that i co-authored um it was her partner who wrote in the book and i met her and so this was a womb healing so she did like this 10-day event where she did stuff in the morning and then speakers would come in so i did one of the sessions in the afternoon where i took people on a a womb clearing meditation and there was a minister in the group and she joined all of the sessions and and it really it really made me step back because obviously 
I've had to work on that negative connotation that I have with Christianity. And it's like, you know, even as a historian, right? You know, it's like when you look at the history, when I when I've researched, you know, university through life, and you look at the history of Christianity. Um, so there's like that aspect to it as well as like my experience right. of it as well. So it's been it's been super super interesting. It's like, oh wow, why why are why are Christians always coming to me? Like why you not to me in my business, but like showing up in my spheres because it almost yeah. you know I almost I I caught myself saying this is my sphere. What are you doing in my sphere? I'm not allowed in your sphere. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, oh, I've got to like, why is that coming up? It's it's super interesting. But that's great awareness that you saw that and you're like, oh, is that my story or is that your story? Let's dig right? in. Yeah, and it is. And I think, you know, that has come up, become apparent in everything that's going on in our world. Because this year for me, I've really, I, I mean, for the last, five years I've been working solely with women and I look around the world and it's like there's lots of spaces for women to come together now and what's really starting to come to me is like well where's the space for men how are men ever going to get out of like this toxic masculinity so I've really kind of started shifting into that what is the feminine divine so you look, I look at the triple goddess right maiden mother and crone what is the, the masculine divine, right? Warrior, father, sage. And it's like, who's teaching men that? Who's teaching men that they're the protectors of the other world? And as women, we're womb holders, we're a portal to the other world. So that's where the protection of men to women. So yeah, really interesting. Things are shifting that and changing. Yeah, and that is, and you're right. I mean, I don't see where that's being shared and taught. I always joke with my business partner that we teach women and a couple really cool dudes. Because <laughs> there there are always like a few guys floating around in our orbit and they're yeah. they're not like most men and they yeah. don't they don't really have a space. Yeah. So I love that you're bringing light to that. And that's one of Definitely. the things as well, like the coven, when I created it, it was a very feminine sphere. And when these women left and all of that happened, I was like, man, we need some like masculine freaking energy in this. Like we're a coven. We're talking about balance, feminine, masculine, night and day, the seasons, the lunar cycles. Like where's the freaking men? Like I, I need some <laughs> male witches to come and join the coven so we can create some real true balance. Yeah. And it's funny that how you talk about like you have an uncle who is in the lineage, but it's so predominantly women yeah. in my family. I've noticed a clear delineation of generation, like my grandmother to my father, to mm -hmm. me, to my son. So it's really interesting how it alternates generations and I think in my family. Yeah, I think the gift is definitely in my in the male side of my family. My father was actually a police officer. So when my mom did her training, he started the training at the same time. And then he's like, cool. no, can't do this. Because obviously being in that sphere, um, it brought trauma to him. So he shut right. it down. 
and apparently uh the lady who trained one of the ladies who's trained my mom had actually offered to do my brother for my brother to do the training and he's like mm, yeah not my you know what i mean and then he went off in his his pathway and i think you know that's the whole point isn't it of like the toxic masculinity yeah, and exactly. bringing men back into this fear it's like men are frightened to protect their women because of the feminist movement has i think kind of gone maybe too far over and it's like you know men are frightened to open a door for a woman now because they're going to like offend her like you know what i mean and it's, it's just super interesting when you start to like learn and break it down you know it really is. I mean, there are so many facets that we can try and, and excavate how it's that could be a whole other podcast right there, right? Right. I mean, it could probably be like a whole dissertation. <laughs> well, it's I like, want, how do we bring that balance back though? Because it's yeah. it's almost like it's been an epiphany to me this year. Uh, and I was having a conversation with my cousin about it. And I said, you know, and I can only speak as a, as a heterosexual woman, right? You know, and the journey me and my husband have been through, we've been together, actually, you probably won't believe me, but we've been together 30 years this year. So I was really young when I met him and we got married when I was 19. It's our 25th wedding anniversary, right? Oh. And we have been through, well, we've been through a lifetime together. So we've been through addictions, yeah. codependency, raising a family uh being empty nesters and it's like we've got to this point in our life where we've literally done our healing we've done our own healing we've healed as a couple and it's like wow this is what a balanced masculine and feminine energy feels like this is and i've had to i've had to take accountability that i was in the masculine for a very long time very yeah. long time and you know and with the codependency, it made sense because I just controlled every single aspect of all areas of my life, you know. And and, and now, especially after closing my store and bringing my business home, uh, so 2020, I did that. And just coming back into, like, the home sphere. And I was like, I'm never going to run my business from home. Oh, man, I love it. <laughs> it's like my house is organized. My house is clean. I have the time to cook. I love to cook. Uh, you know what I mean is I can work and and my husband's really like you know work as much as you like work as much as you don't it doesn't matter you know that's awesome and I mean it's a testament to you to have gone through that healing and taken your accountability because we all have things we need to take accountability for <laughs> I remember going to the the counselor was, I, there was one point I was like that's it I'm done I'm leaving and I'm like well I don't know this seems a bit rash been together a long time you know and I remember going into the to the uh a counselor and saying like I I'm an enabler I know that but I don't know any other way to be and then she's like read this book and then I I ordered like codependent no more, ordered it off Amazon, had it delivered the next day, read it the next day. And I just remember starting to read it, being you know, like, oh, oh, right? oh, what? What do you mean? I've got, I did this wrong? What? <laughs> but it was like that epiphany, right? I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. There's two of us here. <laughs> How did they get inside my head? Right? It's not all his fault. <laughs> I want all of our our listeners to be able to find you. So what's the best place for them to track you down and learn more about you? 
So you can reach me at my website and then obviously you can find out about all of the awesome things I offer at sarahtrickeralchemy.com and then I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn and it's just Sarah at Sarah Tricker Alchemy. Super simple. If you Google me, you'll find me. <laughs> awesome. And we will certainly add the links to Sarah's social media and her website in the show notes. I could chat with you forever. So you're definitely having to come back. Awesome. I am excited. I'd love that. Awesome. Well, thank you for tuning in today and sharing your wisdom with us. And like I said, I think we just kind of like got to the, the tip of the iceberg. We can, we can go way deeper. Yeah, we can unpack many sessions. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for tuning in today. See you next week on Witches, Bitches, and Dead People. Peace and badass magic. Thank you for listening to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Jamie Hearn. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in. 